0: Hello and welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me always is my co-host, Jacob Vel- Belleville. Hey, Jacob. Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Been a pretty fun week. We got done with week zero. I'm just gearing up for week one and all these matchups. Got some Thursday night games. I think there's a Friday night game. And there's got Saturday all day. Think there's even a Monday night game. It's just give me all of college football.
1: I've never been this excited for college football.
0: Right. So, I mean those depth chart the depth chart day the other day was so fun. That that is my like Twitter search right now.
1: It's just <laughs> depth chart, and then I'll go to like photos.
0: And it's just a lot of ores. A lot of ores
1: a lot of depth charts aren't actually depth charts. Yeah. That's what I learned.
0: Yeah. Was there any depth chart that you were particularly intrigued about?
1: Um North Carolina. Okay. Would be would be probably the top one for me, but I was Just because you have so many freshmen who might be getting play and you got a lot of different younger guys, you know, on that team. I think we've talked about it before, but
0: we're not going to talk about North Carolina in the NCAA news, um, but what were your th- thoughts about was it Andre Green Jr. not mm-hmm. not getting in any run? So he didn't get targeted, but he did get plays. So that's encouraging. You know, as the season goes on, hopefully he gets
1: more opportunities and can showcase what he can do. But I think. I think the only wide receivers for UNC that actually caught passes were the three starters. Okay. So I think Downs is the only one that got significant targets, I believe.
0: And I'm already up. We got the uh, Nesbitt more touchdowns than Latu. Nesbit's already got the one, so here's here's to that. So.
1: I thought him being third string on their depth chart was very odd.
0: He got a lot of run.
1: Yeah. Like, he he played
0: a lot. A little takeaway there from that North Carolina game. I said we weren't going to talk about it, but here we are. Florida A&M had, like, 20 guys sit out. I don't know what the story was there, but, like, North Carolina looked good, but the Florida A&M also scored a lot of points and didn't have 20 of their starters, like... That's a little terrifying for North Carolina.
1: North Carolina's defense might be really bad.
0: So that's, that'll be good for fantasy points on the offense, but I'm really excited about that Appalachian State game. It might be a Michigan-Appalachian State, what was it, 2007 all over again. Yeah. So that'll be one to watch. I want to get into our quick hitter.
1: Honestly, though, if you're not putting away FAMU... It, the season's not looking great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Quick hitter. I just want to talk about Damien Pierce. We had cuts, and Damien Pierce, you know, makes the roster. Marlon Mack a surprise cut. You know, what are your long term and short term thoughts about Damien Pierce in Houston?
1: So redraft wise, volumes king. And he's going to probably get that this year. So I'm not avoiding him like for redrafts. But for our league, I am shopping him ASAP. He's a day three guy. He's an okay athlete. He was an okay college producer. I mean, you're talking about somebody who's going to get replaced.
0: And you guys need to you know, think, you know, Jacob, what's the difference between Damien Pierce and Houston against Rashad Penny... In Seattle. You got you got Seattle, you've got um, you know why am I forgetting his name? Just retired. Chris Carson. Chris Carson. You bring in Ken Walker, but he's got a sports hernia. He doesn't have a sports hernia. Whatever. There was surgery. You know, Rashad Penny is he you know, he's kinda like that weekly, like, oh, is he gonna play? Is he gonna get hurt type thing? Damian Pierce, you don't really have to worry about that, but then like they kept a record Rex Burkhead and Dara Goomba wale So that kind of makes me think that he's not going to get third-down work. He's just going to be, you know, a one-two-down guy. But really, what's the difference between the two? They've got bad, you know, okay to bad quarterback play, not great defenses.
1: So the difference is, is Rashad Penny was a first-round pick and Damian Pierce was a fourth-round pick. The other difference is, is that injuries absolutely led to Chris Carson keeping that job they tried to replace Chris Carson they have multiple times so yeah I just don't see it with Damian Pierce like long term I'm trying to galaxy brain this but there there's no chance I'm not trading him
0: who has him in our
1: I don't know, but I'm not reaching
0: out. I'm gonna have to look this up. Why can I not find him?
1: I think the other the other difference is
0: Rinker, Ian has him.
1: Ian has him. I think the other difference for him is he beat out basically dead bodies. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Marlon Mack is coming off an Achilles injury. He's never lived up to the billing that we all thought he would be. Um, what what competition did he have? I think I think he'll be fine this year with volume. And Rinker with his team, he might want to keep him. Yep. But if he was on my team, I'd probably be trying to ship him for something.
0: All right. We're gonna get into the NCAA news. First off. Week one. Don't forget to set your lineups. We got games starting on Thursday. Make sure you get those lineups set. Also, we voted to have backup set, where we got those yellow gold uh, markers where you can put your order one through whatever. Make sure you have your backup set in the event that whoever you play doesn't start. I know it's week one; everyone should be healthy, but who knows? So do that. Um, we'll all be learning that together. I would assume if you put, whatever, a quarterback at like eight and one of your quarterbacks don't play, it's going to go down and take that quarterback. It's you know, not going to take whoever you have at one. So make no guarantees, it a Guarantees, though. Yeah, not. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're all learning this. Fan tracks is wild. So um, play at your own risk, I guess. But I'll, if something weird comes up, let me know and. I'll make a, you know, a reasonable assumption. All right, so that's one. Two, Haynes King, Texas A&M, has been named their starting quarterback, so we got a little, little bit of clarity there in what Texas a and is going to do. I believe he is on your team, Jacob. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I really like the player. I'm glad he won the job again this year. Um, I don't think he's going to have a huge leash. I think there's good enough quarterbacks now at Texas A&M with Max Johnson that if he doesn't perform, then he might get yanked. But it's better having a starting quarterback than not having a starting one. So
0: Yes, for sure. Um, Plus,
1: he's, he is a very good athlete. So the rushing upside for fantasy is going to be
0: there. Alright. So then next... I. Kind of building off of last week, our low-T and high-T moves. Was it a low-T move by Jim Harbaugh to name Caden McNamara to start week one versus Colorado State, while J.J. McCarthy will get to start week two versus Hawaii, and then we'll name our starting quarterback in week three? I think it's high-T. You think it's high-T?
1: I think that's gonna shock you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think this is real low T. It's like it's my team. I'm gonna tell you who the quarterback is. It's like I'm afraid to tell, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, I'm gonna let them go out and play. Like that comes off as real low T for me.
1: So I would agree, but where I divert is he made a decision. He named the starter for week one and week two. So he's basically telling these guys I'm so high tea that you're going to start this game. Hopefully you don't mess it up. And then in week 3, I'm going to pick whoever's better.
0: And what I think happens, this is my my thought. My galaxy well, break.
1: One second. I don't think it's a good move. <laughs> but it is high tea. <laughs>
0: So, I think it's low T. I think he, I think that guy's eating some of that nervous bird chicken, he calls the nervous bird. I think he's eating too much chicken. Um, or he's got those khaki pants tied up a little too tight. One of the two. But, I think Colorado State's defense is okay. And, I think Cade McNamara is like we've talked about on previous shows. He's got a low floor... Low ceiling or a high floor, low ceiling, while JJ McCarthy has a low floor, high ceiling. And Hawaii's defense gave up 28 first downs, while 50% of them came on first down. Like, I think that just plays into JJ McCarthy, like, getting to get his high ceiling, and you can, we're going to get a glimpse of that. And once you kind of get the toothpaste out of the bottle, there's no putting it back in. So I think that's when they make the switch to J.J. McCarthy, is, is my thought. But
1: is swinging for the fences like that a high-team move?
0: I, th- I think, it, yeah, I think it would be a high-team move. But just come out and say it. Just give him his reps against Colorado State. Sure. So, that was a piece of news that came out. and Those those
1: khakis will never not be IT.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We now want to do some week zero takeaways. Some things I was really excited to watch was how Western Kentucky functioned without Bailey Zappi. How Utah State performed, you know, being a high-passing offense. And then how did Hawaii look? They were just crushed with people leaving. But I wanted to I wanted to see with bringing in um, Chang, like, how their passing offense looked. Is there a player to own at all there? So, first I want to talk about Western Kentucky. The finals, and I'll preface this by it was week zero, like, I don't want to get too up or too down on these things. I'm just like, hey, here are my initial thoughts. So, you know, we can't really have any trends yet on one data point. But Western Kentucky, the final stats looked good. But I thought they would throw more at the beginning. They are kind of more balanced um, than I thought they would be. And with an FCS program like Austin P, like, I just thought they would have blown them out, so their defense isn't that good. Which then means, like, hey, during the year they should be throwing a little bit more, you know. Or maybe they're running it, I don't know, since they're pretty, pretty half and half. But they did play at a slower pace than last year. Um, last year they averaged 76 plays a game while just they had 66 plays a game last week. So 10 less plays a week. Um, which um, means you're not even going to break the 1,000 play mark, which they were at 1,063 last year. Um, And then they averaged last year 25 rushes a game, and last week they had 32. So rushing goes up, passing goes down. Again, you know, can't... You're be naive if you think that they're you're gonna get a hundred percent of Bailey Zappi, um, but if you can get that sixty percent of Bailey Zappi in that offense, I think that's good. So even even though had those stats, you had Reed in our league format had thirty two point eight points. That's a great quarterback score. Anytime you're over yeah. thirty points, the,
1: the increase on carries there is probably what led to the lower snap count for yep. the offense. I mean if they're gonna run the ball more, it's gonna chew up more clock. Yep. Which is what it does. Ask Iowa. And
0: they, then they
1: run what, twenty three plays a game? I mean something like you're, that. Maybe fifteen.
0: Maybe fifteen. <laughs> and you had Malachi Corley, um he was kind of the possession wide receiver. He had twenty nine point one points. And then Daywood Davis was their wide receiver too. He was more of their like deep threat guy, but he had twenty five point nine points. So even given all that, they were still able to have two wide receivers over 25 points, like, that's great. So, um, Daywood Davis is on our waiver wire. Austin Reed's on our waiver wire. Um, they play Hawaii, who I mentioned. Uh, maybe, I guess, we'll get to it, but they got th- throttled by Hawaii. Or by, uh, by by Vanderbilt.
1: Why did you have to do that?
0: Let, let people know that, you know, Daywood Davis and Austin...
1: Mostly Austin Reed, since I have a quarterback <laughs> issue. I mean...
0: I'm, I'm here for the people. I'm a man of the people, Jacob.
1: I don't like those people. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so um, remember we get four waiver pickups, and it starts after week one. So, you get to see another data point on some of these guys. Um, people better bring their budget. Bring it all. It better. Um, So I guess I'll go right into Hawaii. I was curious to see how that offense would look. And their starting quarterback, they actually had two quarterbacks play because uh, their starter got pulled, but they were 28 for 55 and 250 yards. Um, Vanderbilt's defense isn't that great. Granted, they're SEC, but it's not like that great. And two guys are throwing for 250, like not that great. Like I mentioned, they let up 28 first downs and 50% of them or yeah, and 50% of them came on first downs. Um, so I think that Hawaii-Western-Kentucky game will be a fun one to watch for Western Kentucky. So I think right now Grimm's got the only Western Kentucky guy with uh, um, Corley. I think start him up. We'll get two weekly matchups here in a bit. Utah State, I kind of want to see how they're a big passing team. They had one running back over 20 attempts one time last year, and they already hit that in week one. So that doesn't – and they played UConn, and they were losing 14-0. to Like that doesn't – UConn doesn't win – like is never up 14 – points on anybody unless it's like women's basketball or men's basketball like a few years ago. Like this, so like it gives me some hope it doesn't look like Utah State's offense was clicking, but if their defense is bad they're going to be passing a lot. You know, helps you with with points there. Looks like Brian Cobbs who is available on our waiver wires looks like he's going to be uh, the wide receiver one but in the red zone, Justin McGriff was the guy being used there in the red zone, also on our waiver wire. He is 6'6", 215, so he's a nice big option there.
1: Is he a tight end?
0: No. He's a wide receiver, 6'6". Yep. Damn. Yep, so um, they, they ran it, I think it was like 33 times or something like that. So that's uncharacteristic. Like I said, only ran it over 20 times one last year, one time last year and they ran 33 times, and they were down by 14 at one point. So another just – I'm going to watch that team, but, again, if you're interested in that offense, Cobbs and McGriff are available. So want to let you guys know that Josh Downs is being evaluated during the week. There is a chance that Josh Downs doesn't play. So, Nate, this would be to you. Make sure you got those uh, roster backups set in the event that he does not play. Or at least know that he might not be 100% for Appalachian State. And Chris Reynolds, the quarterback for Charlotte, has already been ruled out. So. Oh boy. And I don't know, Jacob, was he one of the guys that you were maybe looking at during our Yeah, draft? so at
1: the end of our draft I was looking at him and then uh,
0: DuBose. The wide receiver there. Mm-hmm. And I was going to get a little bit of a stack there, but I
1: believe Corey took DuBose. So then I kind of pivoted away, but I mean, I think he averaged like 25 points a game last year.
0: Yeah, so he landed on his shoulders. He's having, he had, he was like, I think he was ruled out on like Monday. Like he was already ruled out. So not great. No. Um, and then just a little tidbit I want to talk about quickly. There were, is a new rule in the NCAA. Will we see more roughing the passer in college football? So this rule 2-27-14-A, a defenseless player passer. Here's how it reads. A defensive a defenseless player is one because of their physical position and focus of concentration is especially vulnerable to injury. For example, a player in the act or just after throwing a pass. This includes a player in the passing posture while focusing downfield. Can I sack the quarterback now? Because no. I am because I'm standing upright and I am focused downfield. How that reads tells me I can't sack the quarterback anymore.
1: Just a cupcake position. I mean, yeah.
0: I, I don't I don't like, I don't
1: like quarterbacks.
0: Sorry. Like, like that I I don't understand that wording because that's what it reads. It reads that you can't sack the quarterback because I'm looking downfield.
1: Quarterbacks are so important because we make rules to make them important.
0: So, I just I'm just kind of curious if we're going to run into more NFL style of roughing passers.
1: Yeah, it's going to be gross. Yeah, it's
0: not going to be fun. But that is all the NCAA news, so Jacob, take it away with our NFL news.
1: Right, NFL news, don't have a ton. Um, Basically, Tuesday at 4 p.m. was the roster cuts to 53. I would just encourage everybody to go and look at your lineups. Um, I had a couple guys who didn't make roster cuts. That actually surprised me. They're on my they're on my bench, but at the same time, they're not on my taxi squad. So I wasn't expecting them to just be cut. Uh, they're without a team right now. And then I had a few surprise, you know, rookies that did make roster cuts. So kind of good to just look at. And the reality is if if a guy's not making a roster, probably pretty droppable, probably gonna be a practice squad guy. So. Then Jalen Rager was traded for a seventh and a fifth, which potentially could turn into a fourth, to the Minnesota Vikings. I think it is hilarious that he is going to be the backup to Justin Jefferson, this you know player that he's been compared to his entire career. I think Howie Roseman has done a magnificent job trolling the league. Because basically, he took J.J.R. Segal-Whiteside, who was taken before D.K. Metcalf. J.J.R. Segal-Whiteside is now the backup to D.K. Metcalf as well. So, just a superb offseason for Howie. I think the other thing that's important to note is we got a 7th and a 5th for Jalen Rager. Dallas Cowboys got a 5th round pick for Amari Cooper. So... Yeah, I think Dallas is just crap organization. So then um, the fourth point I have is Malik Willis did crush the preseason. It Preseason doesn't matter. I do think that it, it matters in this instance because he is very fantasy football friendly. So if he ever does see the field, I do think he's going to produce fantasy points. Now, is he a good quarterback? I have no
0: idea. Do you think he's going to be like a Marcus Mariota? Like when Marcus Mariota came in for Carr a couple times you know, last year and rushes for a couple – like
1: Yeah. No, I don't think Marcus Mariota just because he – I feel like Malik Willis is so much more willing to run than Marcus Mariota. Mariota was a phenomenal athlete, but at the same time, he wanted to be more of a passer than a runner. I think Malik Willis is just going to – go in there and get whatever yards he can. So, you know, I know we're going to track Malik Willis' stats, but I, I think if he does get a shot on the field, I think he will produce fantasy points. And then the last one I have is Alex Leatherwood. First-round pick for the Raiders um, was cut and then added by, I believe, the Bears. But I just wanted to run through real quick. The last few drafts, the first-round picks for the Raiders.
0: And, th- and that shocked me, just because first-round picks, you're going to get a lot of run. You're going to get a lot of opportunity. We talked yep. about that. The round that you drafted in doesn't mean you're good or bad. It it means just how, much, how many opportunities you're going to get.
1: Correct. And, and I, th- I think what's even more shocking is the Raiders took an $8 million cap hit to release him, and then Chicago... Had to pay him 5.9 million because he's still on that rookie contract and he was a first rounder, so it was fully guaranteed. So we're talking about, we're talking about a lot of money on the line for both teams, and the Raiders just completely like gave up on the guy. I don't I it's really strange to make sense of. Um, so Raiders first round picks the last three years. 2021, Alex Leatherwood. They cut him after a year. 2020, they had Henry Ruggs, obviously cut for you know off-the-field issues. 2020, they also had Damon Arnett. They cut him. 2019, they had Cleland Farrell. They declined his fifth-year option. 2019, they had Josh Jacobs, declined his fifth-year option. 2019, they had Jonathan Abram. They declined his fifth-year option. I think Abram is actually a good player, but he has not been healthy since like joining the team, so I, I understand it. I think it's amazing to have this kind of lack of success in the draft, and the Raiders are still actually a good team. It, it kind of blows my mind, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's not a very good track record of first-round picks. No. That's all I got. All right. Well, League News, don't really have anything. Other than another PSA, make sure to set your lineups and get your backup set up. No trades this week. Again, a lot of disappointment in Nate. Um, I just don't know what you're doing, Nate. So um, Let's see here. Well, we're going to get right into week one. So what I kind of want this to be going forward is kind of like a College of Game Day guest appearance. So, Jacob, I'll have you look at the matchups give who you think is going to win maybe why i'm gonna talk about who i think is going to win and why i'm also going to give uh like two to three guys that i think your team's going to lean on and then if there's a guy that i'm just kind of interested to see how this offense goes here in the first couple weeks um and then maybe a letdown guy that you're going to have on your team that you currently have in your starting lineup don't know if Everybody has put their starting lineup together, but just what I saw, I'm going to make those calls. And then I'm going to have a a game of the week, and I'm going to reach out to those managers. And one of you, um, whoever can make it, is going to be like the guest appearance, and we'll see who has the best record. So this week, reached out to somebody. um, They had something pop up, but they gave me their their picks, and a couple reasons. So I'll read those as, as we go through them. Was I picked? You were not picked.
1: Yeah. Screw that guy.
0: <laughs> so, um, and a, a thing that I want to talk about is if I talk about QBs, that I think, like, hey, your team's going to lean on the QB. I mean, QBs make up a lot of points in our league. So when I talk about a QB, I'm thinking that they score 32-plus points in your matchup to really help carry you. And that only happened 95 out of 300 times in our 10-week regular season playoffs. So 32% of the time it happens. So it doesn't happen a lot. So I just want to kind of clarify that. So week one, Patrick versus myself. Jacob, who do you got and why? Is there anybody that you're kind of watching?
1: I mean, probably go with you. Your roster's pretty stacked.
0: I like to hear that. Um, so, for my team, I think I'm going to be carried by JSN, Braylon Allen, and Deuce Vaughn. Um, and I th- I think who I'm most looking forward to is Keyshawn Boutte coming back, see what he looks like. Um, on that surgically repaired ankle. And then I'm just really intrigued. I've got three starting quarterbacks who have cupcake games. So that's the hard part with week one is you have these cupcakes winner guys getting taken out. And um, I've got Bryce Young who's uh, got Utah State. And Hooker, who's got Ball State and Caleb Williams who has Rice. Like, they could all be done at halftime, and then I could be screwed. But I'm going to go under the assumption they're getting sat because, because of them, because they're doing well. Um, Braylon Allen's going to run all over Illinois State, and Deuce Vaughn's going to run all over South Dakota. Then, um, I think I might be disappointed most by Miles Price on my team, um, I've got their um, Texas Tech playing Murray State, but Texas Tech has mentioned that they are going to be rotating all three quarterbacks, which I don't love to hear. You just don't get into a rhythm with your quarterback, so I think he might be the guy that I am most upset about starting. While for Patrick, I am. I think he's going to be led by Drake May, Lorenzo Styles, and Jordan Addison. You got Drake May. Well, we talked about their defense being bad. Appalachian State's pretty good G five school. I think that one's going to be a really high scoring game. So I think May's going to um, lead that team for Patrick, um, while Addison they're going to want to. Uh, Show why he came to USC and really going to pad him, pad his stats there. And Lorenzo Styles, Notre Dame just doesn't have a lot. And Lorenzo Styles, I think, is that wide receiver one for Notre Dame. And Ohio State's passing defense wasn't that great last year. And I don't think they're just going to change everything over a year. So I think he's going to be, you know, the guy there that helps Notre Dame. Now, whether um, Buchner can get the ball to him, that'll be a different story. But I think, I think that's how who's going to lead your team. And I think you're going to have um, a letdown from A.T. Perry and based on who you have in here, Kamar Wheaton. Um, A.T. Perry, he's going to be that wide receiver one, but with Sam Hartman injury, I'm tempering expectations. And then Kamar Wheaton was left off the depth chart for week one. So that can't be good. So again... Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, he's not even on the depth chart. Not even an or. So Patrick... That,
1: that is a swing and a miss so, on that player. I mean, because wasn't he like top three?
0: He was a, Yeah, he was a top... Top three um, running back coming out? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Patrick, if you get a listen to this before, make sure you got your... I'll just get him out of the your lineup. He's not going to play. But if you feel the need to keep him in there, make sure you have your backup set cuz I don't know if he will actually play. That's the other thing I'm I'm wondering about like when we have these backup set, like what if you have somebody that gets a zero but they like dressed? Like I don't know how well Fantrax is going to do with that. So I'm going to have to do like some vetting of, of some stuff too, but
1: I have a feeling it's going to be very messy. Yeah, it's not going to be great. Not going to
0: be great at all, but uh, so that's. I'm also interested, you know, in the Georgia Oregon game. I want to see how um, how they use Kendall Milton. I just want to see how that back that backfield rotates. So, and I have picked uh, myself there for a winner. So, I have got our guest. Um, is Tweet. He's going to be part of the game of the week. So here is Tweet's comments. He picks Luke over Patrick. I think this will be a good matchup, especially with a lot of top teams playing junk. But Luke's quarterbacks outplay Patrick's, Pat, or Luke over Patrick. So that was his his synopsis of that game. We'll go into my next game, Brett versus Corey. Let me pull up their matchup. Jacob, what are your thoughts here?
1: I'll be honest. I think Brett has the best like CFF roster. I think he potentially should should be like favored right now. I guess going into the season. I mean, he's just got scores at every single position. So, I'm gonna go with Brett. I haven't
0: dug into it too much, but all right. So Brett, I think is gonna be led by Zachary Franklin at UTSA. They're playing at or they're playing against Houston. I think he gets led by him and his three quarterbacks. I think all go over 32 points. He has Malik Cunningham, Dylan Gabriel, and Spencer Sanders. I think they're just gonna That's, crush.
1: Yeah that's the thing with me and looking at his rosters, like his quarterbacks just produce on a weekly
0: basis. It's gonna be kinda like Corey's team last year, where he had all three quarterbacks like scored over thirty. Like every single week the rest of his team could be garbage and he could still win. So I think I think Brett's got a huge advantage there at the quarterback position. Um I think a sneaky guy to watch in this matchup. Um, He's got him on the bench, but it's Specter. He's a slot wide receiver for Clemson. They play Georgia Tech. We'll see how that goes. But somebody I would maybe keep an eye on, Brett. Um, I think currently based on who you have in your lineup, let's see here. You took out the guy I had on there, so you must have updated your lineup. I will go with Jaden Wally will be your uh, guy that you have that kind of disappoints. I believe he is second or third on the depth chart of his wide receiver position. So I don't think he's going to get a lot of run. So that will be the guy there. Um, Bachman, I think your team will be led by Brennan Armstrong, Tavian Thomas, and Gavin Williams. And I think I'm kind of interested to see... You've got a guy on your on your bench that I am very interested in. He is a freshman wide receiver for Arizona. And um, McMillan, I'm trying to think of his first name, T-Tarion. Um I think he might be worth starting based on your roster, but I'm not here to tell you what to do. Um, I think you're going to be most let down by DeBose. We talked about at the beginning. Um, Chris Reynolds is out, so you're going to have a backup quarterback throwing to him. It's one-point PPR, so maybe he just peppers him, and that's it with with uh, everything. But that would be one guy I would... I think you might be let down by. So I think Corey gets overmatched at the quarterback position, and Brett takes it here. Uh, tweet. He says, Brett over Corey. Brett's team is very strong up and down. The roster has players that put up points. He's going to be a tough team for anyone to beat. So he goes with uh, Brett over Corey as well. Let's see here. Week. Our next matchup is Chad versus Ian. So give me a second while I get up their lineups. So in this one, I, uh... Jacob, do you have any thoughts on the Chad versus Ian one yet? Or do you want me to go ahead? So... I'm going to go Ian, just because he has so many players that I like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got Anthony Richardson, who I, hopes, I, I, I hope he just smashes college football this year, honestly. Um, and then Malik Neighbors, I think was – he was a guy that I was probably – I should have taken a lot earlier in our draft than, I, than letting him get to Ian at that point. So – I'm going to go Ian, just because I think Anthony Richardson has, like, 50-point outcomes. Like, he's going to have games where he's going to score bunches and bunches.
0: So, Ian here, I think, is going to be led by Anthony Richardson, Tanner Mordecai, and Chase Brown. And I want to bring up Chase Brown, because he had a pretty good week one. And Josh McRae is the guy that he was splitting... Carries with who got injured with a knee injury. They still haven't said um, what's happened with that, but my guess is Chase Brown's gonna going to run all over Indiana on um, Friday night, and he will help lead your team. Uh, I am I have neighbors down as somebody that I'm interested to see how LSU uses them. Um, Kelly usually has one wide receiver that like pretty much gets all the targets. So we'll see how Malik Neighbors gets used. I think um, the guy that you're going to be most disappointed about in your roster is Lou Nichols. Um, great guy for Mac, but against Oklahoma State's defensive line, I just think you are going to be let down um, with that. And I think you will be let down with Puka. Um, he might not play this week. So, again... Evaluate that going on. Um, Let's see here. He's got a note here that he was um, held out of all fall camp, but is expected for the season opener. But stuff that I saw Monday said that he probably won't play. So maybe somebody to take out of your lineup, or if you want to keep him in there, have a uh, backup set for him
1: side note he is one of the reasons why i don't value high school production
0: you elaborate
1: for like incoming freshmen he's one of the, he's one of the like players that i found that was ridiculously productive in high school that it just never translated so i mean it you want production but at the same time these high schools are so different and how they run their offenses and everything like that. It's really, really difficult to, like, objectively evaluate that.
0: Gotcha. Um, With Chad's Chad's team, I think he's going to be led by the Cropper-Hainer stack um, and Zach Charbonnet against Bowling Green State. um, And give him another one, I think... I think uh, Michael Mayer is going to help propel Chad's team. Um, Somebody I would kind of look just like, I'm just not a big Stenson Bennett fantasy guy. Um, I would honestly look at Siobhan Cordero um, as maybe a possible start um, or Frank Karras, my two cents. I am interested to see if Max Dugan gets a start at TCU. I don't know if they've actually mentioned who their starting quarterback is um, at I TCU. Think they have. So that would be interesting. That's a Friday night game. But Siobhan Cordero, um, San Diego or San Jose State. Um, they play Thursday at 9.30 p.m. against Portland State. So give me those. Give me whoever plays Portland State. Um And I think you're going to be most let down by Jalen Hall. He's in your starting lineup, Western Kentucky. He only had one reception for like 30 yards last week, so not great. I think he's third in that pecking order, maybe even fourth, and potentially a drop candidate if uh, he doesn't do anything against Hawaii. In this game, I'm going to take Ian, and I think it's going to be his, his quarterback's, Outdo Chad's quarterbacks. I think Emory Jones runs a lot at Arizona State over Northern Arizona, and it's just going to be the Tanner Mordecai, Anthony Richardson show. So, and along with Chase Brown. So I think having some of his uh, flex guys will outdo Chad's team, and. Tweet says, his upset of the week is Ellis over Rinker. Ellis gets excellent QB play and running back play this week, which leads him to the win. Richardson struggles against Utah, which hurts Ranker and leads to him losing. So that's that's what Tweet has to say. What are your thoughts there about uh, Tweet's... Tweet
1: that- does not like running quarterbacks. He does not. He wants everybody back there like Big Ben.
0: So... I mean...
1: He, he is, like, full-on the haterade.
0: <laughs> so, our next game is Nate versus Grimm. I think here Nate is led by C.J. Stroud, um, Zay Flowers, and Josh Downs, assuming he plays. I am very interested to see Micah Pittman and how he gets utilized against LSU – um, he was a very big downfield threat for Florida State um, in week zero. I'm also interested to see how this Penn State wide receiver court, er, tandem of Tinsley and Parker Washington, how this works out. So I'm interested to see how that goes. And Zach Evans. How much run does he get with Old Miss? Is he splitting? Um, things like that. But I think you're going to be mostly let down by... Keaton Mitchell, um, mainly because NC State, I don't think he's going to let up a lot of big runs, and that's how Keaton Mitchell got a lot of his production last year, or big break bus, um, big runs. So I don't think he gets that. I think you're going to be – and Jaron Hall you have as a quarterback. um, With the wide receivers that are potentially going to be out, I just don't know who he's going to throw the ball to against – USF, So I think he might be a letdown for you. Um, Grim, I think he is led by, let's see here, Dwayne McBride. Um, good running back going against Alabama A&M Thursday night game. And I think you are also led by Jaden Reed going against Western Michigan. I think they're going to throw the ball. And J- Jaden Reed could have 90 yards by the end of the first quarter against Western Michigan. Um, also, we mentioned Corley for Western Michigan, I think, uh, or Western Kentucky. Um, I think those are good, who are going to lead you. I'm excited to see how Jaheem Bell and Dane Key are going to be used. Dane Key was, is going to be a starter for... Kentucky as a freshman So I I want to see how he's used I'm down on Grayson McCall this week I think he's a really good fantasy play But they play Army Anytime you play Service Academy They're going to run the ball They're going to try to wear you out Um, I just don't think they're going to get enough Attempts To make him fantasy relevant This week So I think that's going to be your downfall And I'm going to go with Nate Getting the win here Jacob what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, like Nate, I think this is the first one we kind of or player that we disagree on. But I think Keaton Mitchell is probably going to be a smash every week. Right, I well, think he's he's going to be the fastest player on that field. I don't think it's, I don't think NC State has that type of athleticism.
0: I can't wait to see how it goes. They have a lot of returning on their defense, so I think that's I, I get it.
1: But he he's got like a a different gear.
0: So, talking with Tweet, he says, Nate over Grimm, hard-fought matchup, but Nate squeaks this one out by 10 points or less. Pretty evenly matched, but will Levis and CJ Stroud outperform McCall and Travis Jordan? Which I now have this just hatred for Florida State and pulling Jordan Travis seven yards short of my prop bet Ah. I wouldn't have hit it anyways because the wide receiver I picked for Hawaii. Where,
1: where, did, where did the 10 points come from? That's what I want to know. <laughs> we'll never know. It's bizarrely accurate right now. So, so It's almost as if it's just made up.
0: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so let's see here next. Matchup, I believe, is our game of the week. Jacob you and Tweet are my game of the week, so let me pull up, you know, look. what do you have to say about your matchup here, Jacob?
1: It's going to be pretty uh, telling for the rest of the season, I think, for me, um, whether I need to make moves early or not, so
0: is there I any, don't know. Is there any smack talk you want to tell Tweet um, before week one here?
1: I mean, with my overall strategy, if I do get the win, that that's pretty telling about Tweet's team, right? I would say I'm the thinnest you know, college football team out there right now. Yep. Now, I look at some of the names, and boy, my names are better. Well,
0: that's why they play the game. What's that? That's why they play the game. It's not all about the names.
1: That's why they play the game, yeah. So I got that Bijan mustard. I got Jameer Gibbs, who's going to be running through wide open lanes in Alabama.
0: So here's here's what I how I dissected your guys' game. I think you're going to be led by Jameer Gibbs. You're going to be led by Bijan Robinson, and you're going to be led by um, Marvin Mims. So Marvin Mims, I think, is a very clear one wide receiver. They're going up against UTemp. UTEM. Was pretty good last year. Did not show out well week zero. I think he is um, going to Here, really Here's call what me.
1: I can guarantee. Somebody in this league is going to lose a week to me, and I will be starting Adrian Martinez.
0: <laughs> Adrian See, Martinez have, is pretty have good have for deal. fantasy, though. Listen,
1: you have to deal with losing to Adrian Martinez.
0: That's tough. It's, it's easier to deal with that, though, knowing that he's not on Nebraska, at least for me. I loved
1: how Nebraska's game ended the exact same way as if Adrian Martinez was quarterbacking.
0: Scott Frost, we talked about it. Dude's getting fired. No Maybe. way. No way he. Ma- no way he. Ma- no way he makes it past week nine. I think I read somewhere that after week eight, his buyout goes down. So.
1: I just love after week one in Ireland, he's already thrown shade at like all the coaches he hired.
0: Well, now Scott Frost has a losing record in two countries. That's what we need to talk about. Um, good. I am interested to see how Luther Luther Burden gets used against um, Louisiana Tech Thursday night, 7 p.m. As Mizzou just usually pounds the rock and runs it a lot. Um, I just am just curious to see how he gets used in this game. I think so.
1: Kind of kind of calling back to earlier in the show when you asked me about Andre Green Jr. If Luther Burden were to put up a goose egg, I would feel very different about that than Andre Green Jr. Doing that. Gotcha. In week zero. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same as like Drake May. If he, if. Like he balled out, he in our league scored fifty plus in week zero. But against Fam if he doesn't do well, they're two very different stories that you're talking about. Yep. So uh and I mean he's
1: he's coming in as like listed as the X. Yep. I mean he's the guy. He is. So if you don't catch pass, we got problems.
0: I think you are gonna be let down by Corey Kiner. Running back in Cincinnati. I'm not. Yeah. Um, and then um, Harold Tyler Harold from Alabama. I think those are going to be your two letdowns. Also, something just to note: it doesn't show that it's a note on here. Maybe let me. Yeah. So, Eric Gilbert was in a car crash over the weekend. Um, apparently he's fine. Yeah. Apparently he's fine. But just something. Yeah. Maybe Corey, to monitor. Oh.
1: Yeah, Corey Kinder was like, I put him in there, even though he just started practicing, I mean, two weeks ago. But I put him in there because of John Emery's academic weirdness
0: for the first two games. But otherwise, he would have been starting for me. So, and then, let's see here. Tweet, I think he's going to be carried by uh, Nathaniel Dell. Sean... Not very far. <laughs> Why's that?
1: He's 150
0: pounds. He can't carry shit. He's, well, you
1: know, he'll be fine. He'll be fine.
0: Nathaniel, though, will be fine. Sean Tucker, um, they play Louisville Saturday at 7 p.m. I think he also helps lead your team, as well as Will Rogers against Memphis. I think he, that's a 30 point, 32 point game um, for sure. So... I am interested to see how Montrell Johnson gets it used. He is one of your flex guys. He's listed as the number two on Florida's depth chart. Again, depth charts don't mean a lot. Florida's going to rotate back, so I'm interested to see how he's used, as well as, uh, let's see here, Abuka um, at Ohio State to see if he gets to rotate in there. So those are a couple guys I'm interested on. I think you're going to be disappointed with um, Donovan Green, Wake Forest. He'll be the number two wide receiver. Again, Sam Hartman's out. So that leads a little concern for me. And I think you're also going to be let down by Montrell Johnson and Dante Cephas just because Washington – for whatever reason, they seem to really produce a lot of NFL cornerbacks. They seem to be really good over there. I don't really know who they have. I'm not some savant on defenses, so I think he could struggle there. So I think you will be disappointed, Tweet, in in those guys. And I think the QBs, let's see here, what do I got here? I think based on the QB play, I'm going to lean Belleville. Um, I think Will Rogers does well, but I think between Adrian Martinez, Blake Shapen, and um, Tungvaloa, I think they're just more proven. Tyler Van Dyke, I don't know what I'm going to get. How much is he going to play? Cam Ward, they're playing Idaho. How much is he going to get? How much run is he going to get? What does that offense look like? But I think Tweet pulls this one out based on um, his other – his wide receivers, I think, are going to pull him um, here and Sean Tucker and David Achain. So I think it's just a little Here's bit more depth.
1: forgetting, okay, is Talia Tagovailoa scored like 50% of his fantasy points. In his non-conference schedule. We're talking about, we're going to have 40 plus performances before we get to Big Ten play.
0: Tweet, you ran into the wrong team. Okay? We are coming. So I asked I asked uh, Tweet what his thoughts were. He says, tweet over Belleville because I'm a homer and I will not give Jacob credit or any credit or praise. I asked him later if he had any smack talk that he wanted to talk about and he says, "I'm just going to let my team do the talking." And I mean, it sounds like a very grim comment to make. Um, so
1: I mean, I'll just let my draft capital do the talking.
0: So, if I were, you know, if I were a tweet shoes, what I'd say is, you know, if a depth chart came out between you and Tweet, there would be no or Tweet to the moon. Oh, really? Tweet to the moon. Tweet gets it uh, week one. So, those are... Our, that was my game of the week. Here's I'm excited. The, I
1: can't believe that you put my team as the game of the week. I, like think, they're, they're, I think it's a good a one. one. I get it.
0: Who's your they're game of the one. week?
1: Someone without the amount of question marks that I have.
0: I... I mean, maybe maybe Chad and Ian. Corey,
1: Corey Kiner might not get a carry. Well, he's starting.
0: <laughs> you need you need to draft better. I do. So, anyways that that's gonna do it for our week one recap. Uh, like I said, it'll be fun. I want to keep track of our hosts or how we do with our picks and go from there. Um I guess I just want to capture our. I don't know how I want to do this, Jacob. Should I capture just all three, like the how we do each week, and then how our our guests do?
1: Yeah, uh,
0: I'll I, I'll do that. If you want to add to your show sheet who won, because I don't want to go back and listen to who you picked, nor do I remember I got I tweets. Don't <laughs> I got. Tw- I, didn't, I didn't I didn't read it like because usually we stop like
1: after the NFL news, so I actually didn't read. Rest of the show sheet. <laughs> so I was just kind of winging it.
0: That's all right. So, anyways, our next episode will be um, Wednesday after week one. So we usually do at 9 p.m. start time. I'll ask whoever is the game of the week. It based on the polls that I asked the group, it kind of wants to be a blend of hey recaps of week one and then. Look into future week two. So, what I, you know, the main reason that I wanted to do the podcast is because I got tired of typing everything out into the sleeper chat. So, I definitely want to do about, I don't know, like a five, like a paragraph to two paragraph like summary on each game, and then we'll do a. It'll be much quicker with looking forward to next week. It'll pretty much be the winner loser because we're going to spend so much time talking about. What happened the previous week. Plus we're going to have NFL news. NFL games that Jacob did the same thing. So we'll kind of do the same. So next week, Wednesday, will be a recap. We'll bring on the game of the week. One of the guys and do our picks. And Jacob will have a preview of week one NFL matchups. So we, we got our first NFL game on Thursday, Rams.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Rams-Bills, right?
0: So, yeah, big big matchup yeah. week one.
1: That's, that's, a, that's a fun game to kick the season off with, too. Yeah.
0: So really excited there. So that's all we got. So thanks for listening. If you get a chance, I always forget to do this. Got to do it at the beginning. Rate and review. It gives us five-star. Thank you guys for, for downloading, listening. Hope this has been fun. We're at an hour. I thought that was great. Um, Jacob, anything you got? Nope, that's it. Hopefully we'll have
1: more NFL news going forward, but right now it's kind of preseason and kind of dull out
0: there. All right. Well, everybody enjoy week one, and don't forget to start your studs. Good night. See you.